Hey guys, welcome back with Sports with Maverick. Episode 3 is coming up next. Hey everyone, how's it going? Today is April 5th, 2018. I hope everyone's having a good day. Uh, I just got back from the gym. Everything's going good. Played some ping pong with uh, Gusto, good buddy of mine. Uh, anyways, up on the podcast today, we're going to be talking about four of the major things. We're going to be talking about the Sedins going off into retirement. We're going to be talking about the Blue Jays, how they're coming up this season. See, we're going to see how they're making out so far. Uh, talking about Carey Price, all-time goalie. The uh, games played for the Habs. Uh, a little bit about the Masters as well. Uh, but uh, just to catch you guys off, last weekend was Easter. The Easter weekend, so I uh, decided to go back home and, you know... Uh, brother came home from Ontario so picked him up from the hospital not from the hospital from the airport Jesus I hope he's not at the hospital uh, anyways picked him up at the airport and went back home and you know Easter time everyone every family has their different traditions and you know at our household uh, we tend to go up to Nana's for Good Friday have some fish and then we head out to Grandma's first, my grandmother's for uh, the Easter Sunday dinner. But, uh, you know, two completely different families. Uh, anyways, I went to uh, my Nana's on Friday. A great crowd. Uh, surprisingly, they had wine there this, this time around. Uh, had some wine there this time around, which is unusual. Typically, that's a beer family. Uh, but, anyways... Uh, went to grandmother's house and you know my uncle came back from Nova Scotia not very often he comes home but when he comes home he tends to you know he tends to bring liquor so this time around he brought some Hennessy brought probably about three or four bottles of wine which was gone at the end of supper but you know it's just like the time of year where you just sit down with your family, and you can just, you know, get a little tipsy. You know, it's okay. Here with family. Drink a little bit. Enjoy it. It's not very often you get home and get to see everyone, especially uh, everyone's out and about going places. But we're going to kick off this episode. We're going to start talking about the Sedins retiring. Just uh, a little information about them. So they just announced just last this week uh, that they're retiring after 17 seasons with the Vancouver Canucks. Um, all in all, it was just an absolute great career for them. Uh, spent all 17 years in Vancouver. And just, you know, great personality, personalities, uh, great players. Uh, really gave Vancouver uh, something to be excited about. Uh, back in the 99 draft but it's uh, interesting enough when we talk about uh, the Sedins because you know we all know that they're twins and they wanted to play on the same team that was their intentions right from the get-go they wanted to play on the same team together so I just was doing a little bit of research here and uh, you know they started playing together when they were eight years old uh, Played on the same line. They didn't really start playing on the same line until uh, Daniel switched to a winger when they were 14. So all through those that those years uh, between 8 and 14 must have been just hectic, you know, just not on the same line. 
But when they uh, turned 16, they started playing for professional hockey back in the Swedish Hockey League uh, for the Moto Hockey Club, which uh, their father actually played in as well, played on the same club back in uh, the er late 60s, I believe it was. And, you know, they came into the draft, you know, top prospects, top five is what they were expected to go. But they didn't know, when they went to that draft, they didn't, expect to come out on the same team uh, when they went into the draft they had uh, one of their agents so you know they had one of their agents uh, his name was Mike Barnett and you know he they gave he gave them two options so one was not to sign with the teams that drafted them for two years so that means that they would have had to go down and play in the Canadian Hockey League but you know, they never wanted to play in the junior hockey in Canada. They wanted to go straight to the NHL. Or their second option was uh, one of them to drop out of the 99 draft. So either Henrik or Daniel drop out and one of them stay in. And then the next player, next year, they, the one that dropped out, join the draft for the 2000 draft in hopes that the same team would draft them. Uh but, you know, after going over those options, they really thought about it. And they were like, no, you know, we're just going to go into it uh, in hopes that they get drafted by the same team. So uh, the GM at the time, uh, Burke, his name, I believe, his name, uh, you know, Vancouver ended up third overall in the draft. So they have a third pick. And, you know, like a lot of scouts were telling them, especially the Swedish a scout for Vancouver Canucks. He was telling them that like we really should get these guys. We really should get them. Uh, so before the draft even started, uh, you know they were trying to exchange back and forth with one another. Uh, the GMs. Uh, so anyways, there was three trades that led up to the Sedins being put into Vancouver and creating a historical run for Vancouver. Uh, anyways, the first trade it was a. Uh, between Chicago and Vancouver. So Vancouver traded Brian McCabe in a 2000 first round pick for the fourth overall pick. So at this point, Vancouver would have, uh, you know, they had the third and fourth spot in the draft, still Tampa Bay. And uh, Atlanta finished, uh, were ahead of them in the draft. So the second trade happened, you, like I think it was just... A little bit before the draft even started. So, you know, like... Anyways, second trade came in. Uh, Vancouver traded the fourth overall pick. And two third round picks. For the first o first overall pick in 99 from Tampa Bay. So this then traded. So it was Vancouver. Then went to Atlanta. And Vancouver again. Back down to Tampa Bay getting the fourth overall pick and the one that really did it for uh for them was uh, happened right near the end uh it was the first overall pick for uh, they trade the first overall pick to atlanta for the second overall picks uh and atlanta had to agree not to pick one of the sedines which they didn't so from there on out it was boom Burke told uh, the equipment manager to put the Sedines on the name on the back 
of the jerseys, and from there on out, they're the Sedin brothers rocking out in Vancouver ever since. Uh, you know, uh, growing up, I didn't really get to see much of them play. Uh, you know, East Coast and being West Coast, I always had to go to bed before the fucking before they played. So every now and then, I got to stay up and watch, but I never really got to admire their play. So Henrik Sedin, the captain for the for the boys, he was the third overall pick, and Daniel was the second overall pick. Now I think it was just because you know alphabetical order and all. Uh, but Henrik was the third overall pick. Uh, so far in his career, I know they have one more, I think one or two more games to play. And I think they're playing tonight too. Uh, so Henrik has 240 goals. He has 828 assists with a total points of 1,068. Uh, so he had a you know, good seasons. Uh, and so far his trophy collection includes the Art Ross Trophy in 9 10 there, 09, 010, 09, 2010. He got the Hart Trophy in 09, 2010 season. And in the 2015, 2016 season, he got the King Clancy uh, Trophy. When, uh, and Daniel as well, he uh, now leads Vancouver in uh, all time goal scored with uh, 391 goals scored. And he his assist goes to 648. And the points that he gathered was 1,039. And, you know, just because Wayne Gretzky and his brother, that I can't even remember his name now, uh, still, uh, the Sedins are still just the, their second overall, they have the second most points as brothers or tw- in the NHL uh, under... Wayne Gretzky and his brother, which is unreal because Wayne Gretzky obviously has the majority of those goals compared to his brother. Uh, when we talk about Dan- Daniel Sedin, we're talking about, um, you know, he was second overall pick. Um, and the trophies that he collected was uh, during their championship run in the 2010-2011 season, he picked up the Art Ross trophy and the 10 Lindsay Trophy. In the playoffs, when they went to the Cup final and lost to Boston, uh, you know it just was devastating with Vancouver. You know it was the closest they ever got to the Cup final, especially with the Sedins. It was their only chance that they had. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't even come out with the Cup. Uh, I wish they could. I wish they could have. It would have been just, you know, just being able to have that cup lifted over your head. It's whatever. Kid dreams of playing hockey growing up. Uh, in the playoffs, though, they both played 25 games. Uh, Henrik, though, he had three goals, 19 assists, totaling 21 points. And uh, Daniel, he had nine goals and 11 assists with uh, 20 points overall. But, uh, you know, uh, they put a really big impact on the game, especially for the European-born players. And uh, just a quick side story to... Uh, so Dean, I was talking to one of the one of my classmates in class, like one of my classmates, and I asked him what he was doing this summer. And he's like, oh, "I'm just gonna go back to Vancouver." And he works on the fishing boats out there. And we got talking a little bit more about the Sedins retiring. He looks at me, he goes, 
you I uh, every summer the Sedines would come on the fishing boat with me. I'm like, you're fucking bullshitting me. And he's like, no, like I'm being serious. And it was, I'm like, just in there, like how, like that's crazy. Just thinking about that, like you know, having like especially for him, like he had the opportunity to go out on the boats with those guys, uh, drink, have some cocktails, you know, maybe get a little bit tipsy, go to the bars. I don't know what they did, but uh, yeah, would never guess. I would never would have guessed that. But anyways, uh, congrats to Deans on a great season, uh, great career overall. Uh, maybe. You guys are going to get some uh, job positions up in uh, Vancouver. You never know, possibly. Uh, so anyways, we we all uh, heard about uh, Scott Foster, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, emergency goaltender, uh, beer league tendee. Uh, all in all, I uh, give him a 7 out of 7 performance. It was just unbelievable coming in there, like, not every day, you know, you have to bring in your emergency goaltender. And uh, I feel bad for uh, the backup because it was his first career, uh, first time being in the NHL playing for Chicago. And uh, he ended up getting hurt and getting drug off. And But, you know, Scott Foster came in, came. He was 7 out of 7 shots, saved. And in my books, that's a 7 out of 7 performance. <laughs> uh Anyways, you don't get to see that every day, and it was awesome that, uh, especially in the pregame interview, was a poor guy, he was a accountant, he was sitting at his computer just typing code, he said, in the, in the interviews. Anyways, we're going to go on to the Blue Jays here. Uh, you know, they only played seven seat games so far this season, so not many stats going up, but as uh, far as... Um, their roster, I know, like, I watched the one game there, and Donaldson, his arm was absolutely trash. Like, he couldn't throw it from third to first. It was some, there was something going on there. Anyways, he didn't play the next game. He didn't play that game. So, he ended up, like, apparently his arm's doing better. He's doing better every day. But, like, an interesting stat that I found was, like, and for the first time since 2016, they have a winning record. And they're only 4-3. and three. And it's just the start of the season. And, like, I was listening and watching this. I was just like, it's just the beginning of the year. Like, how is this stat even important? Like, they still have, like, fucking 160-some-odd games to play. But, uh, you know, they're going to be... It's going to be a hard season for them because, you know, Boston's a strong team. New York's a strong team. Uh, they got uh, the AL MVP of last year, Stratton. So he's going to be uh, causing some misery for them. But as long as uh, the pitching for the Blue Jays can keep up with the batting lineup that New York's offers and, you know, Boston, uh, and Boston offers, you know, they could have a chance. But honestly, I'll per- personally, I don't think... Uh, Toronto's going to be making the playoffs this year, which is unfortunate, I know. But, you know, they got rid of Edwin last year. Then Jose Batista's not playing this year. So, you know, it's almost like rebuilding, but they still have good players. They have Josh Donaldson. Uh, they got Justin Smoke, who 
has like 10 hits already, 2 home runs, 9 RBIs in 7 games, hitting 385 right now. His on-base percentage is 467, which is good. Top, best on the team at this point. They got Russell Martin, the Montreal native, uh, Kevin Plyer, and uh, I was talking to one of my friends about this, and I was just like, oh, what should I talk about on the podcast this uh, this week? And he was just like, you know, you should at least mention uh, Kevin Pillar stealing home. And, you know, he stole, he stole second, he stole third, and he got the pitcher off guard and just stole home on him. The pitcher from the Yankees, he just absolutely uh, flunked it, tried to get it to the home way a little too fast, and it just didn't, just didn't work out for him. And then they also have Curtis Granderson, which he's a good name out there. Uh, for pitchers, you know they have a uh, they have Hap in there. They have uh, Marcus Strom, and they got their closer uh, Roberto Osuna. And Osuna last year he had thirty nine saves uh, last year, and Marcus Strom has got thirteen wins last year. You know they're looking to improve. All around together as a group. Uh, hopefully they can come out on top. And, you know, just try and make the best of what they can this year with what they have. But, you know, it's just the beginning of the season right now. Uh, it's a little too early to talk about what will happen when uh, playoffs come around or the postseason comes around. Uh, Woo! We all know, uh, we talked about, uh, you know, it's all a good time of year, we we talk about this, and we all know it's getting to getting close to summertime, especially when uh, the Masters is posted up on, posted up on uh, TSN, you start hearing about it, and, you know, it makes you really want to start golfing more. Uh, so I was like, I got home from school today, and I just turned it on, I listened to it, but Par three contest that was uh, quite amazing. Uh, we all might have saw uh, Jack Nicholas's fifteen year old son get a hole in one at Augusta, first one ever. He said, "It's just like holy crap, man! This kid's fifteen, and he's hitting balls like he's like in his prime." But you never know. We'll probably see him up on the PGA Tour in the next few years. Yeah. But anyways, I was looking into this. Uh, we all know Tiger Woods is back. Uh, but this year, Tiger Woods, he has five starts, uh, one runner-up, two top five finishes, uh, and he only missed a cut once. But in the past, uh, Tiger hasn't played in the Masters since 2015. Um, you know, he's he had a rough fall there. We all, um, you know, he's got a DUI. His relationship fell apart. And, you know, he had to work his way back up. Uh, to uh, where he is now, but right now he he's confident in the way he's playing. He's hitting the ball good. He says his back is feeling a lot better compared to normal in the last few years. So you know we're ho- I'm striving for him. Uh, if he, I feel like he can make it to the final cut. You know, you know, play on that championship Sunday, maybe even contend. So I wish him good luck. Uh, so for the top 10 contenders this year, you know, because every, like, you know, it's a big, there's a lot of good players in the field, but we got to talk about uh, the top 10 contenders this year, you know, 
There's Jason Day. He was the world number one back in 2015 in those eras. Uh, number nine, um, Tiger Woods. Uh, four and green, he has four green jackets already, you know, 97, 2001, 2000, and then 05. Or 2001, 2002, and then 05. Sorry. And like I said, he's back for the first time since 2015. Uh, Phil Mickelson coming in at number eight. Uh, he hasn't won, they haven't won a, you know, you haven't really seen Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson up at the top since, uh, for three years. It's been about three years, and it's been a tough go for them. But, uh, you know, Phil, he's he's the oldest player in the field, I believe, right now. Oldest player in the field. So he's looking to come out. He he really wants to play. He really wants to win this thing. Uh, you know, the lefty, if he plays the way he did when he was younger, and he can come out on top. He can come out on top. But you got to watch out for the younger players coming out, Phil. you got to watch out for that. You know, Dustin Johnson... Uh, he's coming in at number seven for the contenders. He has um, last year he was no, world number one. Uh, they had in an article they were saying how they in last year's tournament they had his forty-four inch uh, green jacket all ready for him because they they were predicting he was going to win it. Like there's no word like there's no lie about it. he was going to come in clutch, you know. But he had a dropout. Last minute, he had he took a fall, hurt his back. He thought he actually broke it at one point. So he's coming back after that, uh, after he had to step out of last year's tournament, and he's with some with his back issues, and he he's really shooting for it. We got Justin Rose. He's coming in at number six. Uh, Jordan Spieth. I know he's one of the young bloods out in the field, and he already has a green jacket. Uh, Sergio Garcia, he's a reigning champ, uh, green jacket champion, uh, Masters champion. Uh, Laurie McIlroy, he's coming in at number three, looking for uh, looking for a jacket. Uh, Bubba Watson, two-time green jacket winner. Uh, last time I uh, seen him play this today, he was uh, he was just got a uh, even he was uh, even through uh, even through uh, eight, I believe eight, believe oh yeah. Justin Thomas, uh, you know, just one of the young guys coming up. Uh, out of his 14 starts, he has three wins under his belt. He has two runner-ups and four top 10 finishes. Uh, and he was actually, uh, he's good friends with one of the Alabama football coaches. And they, you know, he's helped, helped uh, his golf game up a little bit in a silly article or silly video that I found. Uh you know, it's going to be a tight weekend for all those players. And, you know, it's really, it all depends on how the shots lie. And and really, the Masters just gets everyone ready for that golf season. Because I was down at the gym today playing ping pong with Tyler, as I said. Uh, and we were just talking about how, like, man, like getting back on that golf course, just getting the club swing, and even if it's, you know, cause you know, I'm just I just shoot about like, uh, I'm like 45. I shoot about 45. Like I'm a 45 on nine. Like I, I go out. I don't even have a driver in my bag. You know, I've had a bad relationship with my driver in the past couple years, and you know we broke up last summer, so I took it out of my bag completely. But he was saying, you know, you you should 
See, you get back together with your club, your, your driver. Uh, you know, just go to the range, hit a couple bag of balls, and I'm like, yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he'll want me back, uh, but you know, it's something to think about. It's something I'll think about. Um. Anyways, back to we're gonna be talking about uh, Carrie Price here now. Carrie Price, good feller, good f- fan. Uh, we all know Carrie Price has uh, he has an amazing career in Montreal so far. Uh, he doesn't have a cup yet, but we got to give him a shout out on this podcast right now. Uh, All time leader. He has uh, with five hundred and fifty seven games played as a Montreal Canadian. He passed uh, Jacques Plante. As all-time leader in goalies in games played as a Hab goaltender, and so we're going to do a little bit of backstory on him. So, when Carey Price was growing up, his mom was, uh, you know, the chief of his local community in BC, uh, and his dad was a goaltender as well. So in the winter, like in the winter, his dad would teach him how to play goalie on on a pond. If it doesn't get any Canadian, it doesn't get any more Canadian than that. But the only problem was he couldn't, like, the closest place to play hockey was five hours away. So he'd be commuting back and forth five hours, ten hours, like, three times a week just to go to practices and then games. So his dad, his dad came out and ended up buying an airplane. And flew him to practices and flew him to games. And just imagine just being this young kid and just, you know, all right, time to go to game, time to go practice, hop in the plane, you know, throw your bag in the plane, you take off. Just must have been an unreal uh, experience for Carey Price growing up. But, you know, he was drafted fifth overall in the 2005 uh, draft. and he was playing for the Tri-City Americans in the WHL Hockey League. In his uh, final season with uh, the team, he uh, won the Dell Wilson Trophy as top goaltender in the, in the WHL and also received the top goaltender in the CHL, Canadian Hockey League. After getting drafted by Montreal, he finishes career in the mine like not in the minors but he finished his career in for in the WHL and got called up to uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs Montreal's farm team at the time uh, it came to the playoffs it started and led the Bull- Hamilton Bulldogs to the Calder Cup any they won and they he ended up receiving the MVP the Jack A Butler Field Trophy and aside from that, he, I remember this, I just remember this growing up, is uh, the gold medal, the World Junior gold medal in 2007. Uh, you know, just as a little kid, everyone just loves watching the World Juniors. It's that time of year, you know, Christmas time, New Year's time. It was just, uh, i just seen him win in that shootout against the Americans on uh, New Year's Eve. Is just still in my mind that celebration that he had. Uh, it was just, you know, fist pump. Uh, but he's also won, uh, he, he's just all around good goalie. 
He's just a good goalie all around. He won gold in the Olympics, uh, in the Sochi Olympics in 2014. Went undefeated in the World Cup after coming back from his injury in 2016. But he started out his career as a hab and always, and still is to this day. He opened his debut with his, uh, with the Canadians October 10th. 20, uh, 2007, October 10th, against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Ended up winning 3-2 against them. Just pro- just unreal. And, you know, after a few ups and downs, you know, uh, summer 2010, uh, you know, after the Halak came in hero for uh, Montreal in the playoffs, the, there was really questions about... Uh, who they were going to keep because both these goalies were restricted free agents. Uh, so they didn't really know what they were going to do, uh, if they were going to trade Carey Price, trade the young blood, or if they were going to keep a lock. And they ended up keeping a lock. And a lot of people were pretty upset. Or they ended up keeping Price, sorry, and traded a lock to St. Louis. But people were pretty upset about the fact that they traded a lock and they didn't really believe in price but as far as we can tell like Harry Price has been doing everything he can for the Habs and the Habs they really need it because you know especially after this year they fell to the bottom of the league you know right now they're about sixth or seventh overall in the draft at this point yeah it was just a disappointing year for the Habs altogether but you know we're gonna we're gonna look up we're gonna look up to it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a bad, bad years but to come. But, you know, knock on wood, hopefully not because I'm a Habs fan. But uh, as far as uh, it, it only took them 214 starts to get 100 wins. And um, in an interview after the, the game with after his uh, 100 or 557th game, they had a you know, video tribute to him, and he said that was he really needed that. There was a lot of emotion going on with him, and he was really happy all together with uh, the video. And he loves the city of Montreal. He really respects everyone. Um, yeah. Anyways, guys, I hope everyone has a good weekend coming up, and uh, you know, stay tuned next week for the next podcast. Anyways, I got to get going. I'm, I'm going to be heading up to St. John right now. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, if you guys want to get in contact with me, you can hit me up on Instagram, other Sports with Maverick, or you can email me at uh, sportswithmaverick at gmail.com. Uh, anyways, guys, stay classy. It's been an honor.